Welcome to episode eight of the Destiny is All podcast. I am Jason Barnett, and this is someone that I had something nice to say, but no one will ever know now because I prepped on this podcast for hours, only for her to then tell me that she totally forgot about recording that day and that she couldn't record that day because she needed to work on something for her job the next day, basically sewing up her nomination by me as the villain of the week. Amy Haywood. That was long-winded <laughs> and necessary. It was unfair. I had something really nice to say. I really was going to say something nice. Two things, though. One, I really like to have your introduction be something that you're unaware of. And I also like for it to be something that is a little tongue-in-cheek. I took all of those things and said, you know what? Hey, we're at the last episode of season one. Let's be nice for a minute. I want to know what you were going to say. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it was made up. Like it was something that. Well, I don't even believe you anymore. If you can't come up with it, I don't believe you. It was something about you being kind hearted and caring. Something along those lines. I wonder if it had anything to do with. Your Halloween costume. That, by the way, was fantastic. Here's what I'm going to tell you. For those of you that do not know, I dressed Jason this year for Halloween. And little that did sounds I know. wildly <laughs> inappropriate, by the way. <laughs> Let's not say that. Let's just say you provided a costume <laughs> that Jason put on. Okay, fine. But if I, first of all, if I'd had more than 45 seconds warning that you guys were coming into town, I would have done a better job. But I was scrambling last minute. So it was the best I could do. But I would have absolutely had legit chain mail for you. I think that my costume as Leia Fritch was as good as I would have possibly done with 45 seconds, 45 minutes, 45 days to prepare. <laughs> but I crushed it. But your costume of Brita was... No, be specific. Season four, angry pregnant Brita <laughs> was top drawer, <laughs> as they say, on the other side of the pond. Or as the eldest grandchild in our family, Mr. Jack texted me, which is, I can count on one hand the number of times that that kid, I say he's a kid, how old is he? He's like 22. I mean, I, it, he's, he has a mustache. So I mean- <laughs> man child, The yeah. man child has texted me and he said, you beat Halloween. Rock on. You did a very good job. No, that's not a very good job. That's, I beat Halloween. Like I won. Victory was mine with that costume. It can never be topped. You had a lot of people that were back in where I live that knew exactly who you were. So, I mean, hats off to you. Your daughter did my hair, by the way. Which one? Because I'm angry at one right now. <laughs> the middle one. Oh, that's the why she's one. my favorite. Yeah, she did my hair. That was solid. I was really, I love that. And I, I was never a fan of pregnancy in the sense of, like, I'm a fan of it in the sense of being in awe of the whole thing, you know, but not so much of the discomforts of, I mean, who is, I was right? I going to say, and the birthing of children? 
Yeah, I kind of rocked that though. I mean, I that was that was. I would like my... it to be known that I have passed multiple kidney stones, which I have been told <laughs> is also similar, if not more painful than childbirth. So I don't. I I just don't understand how that can be. Declared. Have you had one? Have you had no? One? But have you had a baby? That's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. I've had a kidney stone, and I've been told they're worst. Agree to disagree. I don't. I don't believe that. And I also, you're forgetting. I was in the birthing room for your first child, and I'm gonna did be honest. Come, did you come in when we were asleep? <laughs> oh no, no. I was in for the fun. Yeah. I was in for the hysteria. I mean, we're not gonna get into this. No, please don't. But she's hysterical during childbirth, and she needs to get a grip on her life. And it's like. And she's on drugs. I'm like, you can't even feel anything. And you're still acting like the fool. I, however, I choose the way of not drugging my unborn children with drugs. That's not true. I totally, I totally got, I totally got epidurals. However, they did not work some of the time. The first one, they did not work. Anyways, my whole point is your wife, my sister, was in the birthing room for my last child. So I was in the birthing room for your first. She was in the birthing room for my last. And when all that was done, and props to Amy for birthing a 10-pound kid, she said, I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. I've never seen anybody that calm. I have three times. Oh, you're talking about calm? Yeah, that's what I mean. Calm, cool, and collected. She was like, you never even like made a noise. I'm like, I know. You don't all have to flail around like a fool. We're already derailed. I will defend my wife's honor in that. I don't <laughs> think that she flailed. And I don't. Oh, think- oh, yeah. Oh, please. I, if she were on here right now, we'll ask her this. I, are we going to have to have family members on here? Like, are we getting anybody from Netflix or is it going to have to be family? I feel like I should just like call her randomly. Hey, Liz. No, she wouldn't answer the phone. Don't no, do she, that because she's gonna she's gonna she call her will. back. I know. Even and though you've said quiet on the set, this is yeah. where we are, people. We have to like announce because now all these kids are here all the time. They want to like interact and be like young adults and stuff. And so what happened to bedtime at 7 30? That's what I want to know. Or 6 30. Like in, <laughs> you know, when the sun goes down. Yeah. Yeah. Eat your dinner and go to bed. That's <laughs> That's where we are. I will pray with you, but don't come back out of that room again. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All Uh, right. Derailed. And we're seven minutes in. But yeah, how's it going? It's going great. So, I mean, Amy, escalators. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) No? Fine. You want to talk about it? I kind of do because I I need a broad picture of this. We can talk about it. That's fine. I had... A fight with an escalator <laughs> the other day and several wounds to prove it. However, we can go back. We can talk about this because last episode, I accused you of being Story, the sorcerer who was putting hexes on the family. The and, magician? Yeah. And then I was listening to our last podcast and we talked extensively, actually, Apologies to anyone who listened. Wait, no, we want them to keep listening. What do you mean apologies? No, I just mean because I kind of rambled a little while. (laughs) I kind of got tired of listening to my own voice. I'm not going to lie to you. Let's just freeze. Like, I need you to understand 
there was a moment in the seven minute and 34 second story slash diatribe that you went on where I blacked out. And I think I missed like two minutes of it. So when I said that we were talking, were you talking about dogs? I really, that was the part where I last left you. Like I didn't, I didn't know we had moved on to ghosts. You know, (laughs) it's difficult to give our family members a hard time for not listening to our podcast when the co-host is not listening either. <laughs> I mean, during the recording, it's offensive. That is offensive, but at the same time, too, like seriously, you're right. You're right. I was rambling. However, my point is, I was accusing you of putting some kind of spell because of all the ironic situations that happened post-recording that were referencing the recording before. Anyways. I was listening to our last recording where I was quite aggressively arguing my case for being, and I quote, I think I actually use the term, and I don't even know if that's a term, nimble like a cat. (laughs) Yes, that was so. Is that a thing? Are cats nimble? (laughs) I mean, they are, but like. Is that how they're described? No, not at all. Let's just say your sorcery is back because, I mean, I ate some words on that. But in my defense, I mean, I was double dog dared like by my kids. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> and, it and when you are double dog dared, yeah. you have to take on the yeah. dare. And they were, you know, they were like, you can do this, mom. So the story is the escalator going up. No. Yes. I mean, the escalator. Oh, gosh. The story's better if you remember it. The escalator going up was not working. Only the one coming down in the airport. The kids were picking us up from the airport. We were in Florida. They were picking us up. Kevin was in one car. The kids were in the other car. So we had separated. So Kevin was not there to his dismay. He did not witness this. (laughs) But they decided, they were like, you can do it, mom. You can run up the escalator. Well, I could, but for whatever reason, I decided this is how I realized what I did wrong because we've relived this moment so many times in the last 48 hours. I was double stepping the escalator steps in an attempt to mathematically outbeat. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like this is this like you're. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying, but like. I'm double-stepping. I'm double-stepping. Well, first of all, I get halfway up, and I was a little disheartened when I looked up and realized I was only halfway up because I'm like already a little bit winded. And exhausted. Exactly. I mean, it was like it all happened so fast. I didn't realize how bad this was. And then – but then I could – Caroline was behind me. So she's like, keep going. Thomas is at the top. He's like, mom, you can do this. They had, I mean, friends were there. They were like, you've got this. You can do it. So I keep double stepping. Well, I want you to imagine what happens at the top of an escalator. I don't know how to explain this. The stairs are not the same height or width. You know what I'm saying? As they're coming out of the feed, right? Yes. So my double stepping timing then became a problem. (laughs) (laughs) All I can picture from this point on is you getting to the very top 
and seeing Thomas maybe six feet away and your feet come out from under you and you're just looking at Thomas and then falling down on your face. That's exactly what happened. (laughs) And Thomas slowly going out of frame and you reaching out. (laughs) Thomas, (laughs) save me. Eventually, actually, Caroline's friend is the one who eventually pulled me up. But so I fell that time. And I mean, I'm like, I don't even know what happened. And escalators, like when you fall on a metal escalator, it hurts. But More I was so, so of your pride. I So my pride was so hurt that you don't feel the pain, right? Like you're not sure. No, my pride would still hurt. <laughs> so I get up and I start trying to collect my stuff. At this point, Caroline, she's laughing so hard. She picks up my bag and basically <laughs> hurdles me. She jumps over me. She... <laughs> passes me. I'm continuing to go back down. I get up. The exact same thing happens again a second time. Caroline says I felt three times. I really only remember two, but it was kind of one of those blackout moments. Like I can't even. So they're all like looking around to see if anybody's watching. They're mortified. I'm like, let's get out of here, people. We get to the car and it's not until we're about halfway home where I'm like, I feel like my leg is like like what's it's like wet or something like what is going on i have wounds i am bleeding there's a small gash there's a gash in my knee a gash well okay in all fairness there's a scratch on my shin a pretty good scratch but there's a gash on my knee that i mean i have to keep like a little butterfly band you know those things that like tighten it back up on my knee and my ankle is straight up legit very bruised so Anyways, I think all of that was part of your hex from nimble like a cat. It turns out I'm not as nimble as a cat like I thought I was. Well, the problem is, is that one, you spent the entire time talking about your freaky upper body strength. (laughs) If you had just done that as a handstand. If I... (laughs) No, actually, but I did think about that. I'm like, how can I use how can I use the arm strength to my advantage? I don't know that they move at the same speed. The whole thing was a disaster. It was a disaster. There are so many math problems that are involved in that story that you just described. We get home and Kevin's been home. So Ella was with Kevin. So they've been home for like 20 minutes. He's like, where have you guys been? I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I just, I want, I don't want to talk about it. Caroline's like, mom fell down the escalator. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it turns out that whatever Kevin does for a living, that's not golf is like the airport is one of his gigs. So he's like, you know, I know the people that can get me that footage. Right. And I'm like, you shut your mouth right now. This is fantastic. And I believe that that will somehow end up on the destiny no. is all podcast, <laughs> Instagram feed. There's no way even you act like there's no, I'll say you act like there's no way. But when I have a task in front of me, that has nothing to do with <laughs> anything, whether it deals with job or anything important that I find important, I will find a I way. I don't think they record anything at an airport. Uh, have you seen the office where Jim knocked over Michael into the koi pond? That's what I'm picturing right now. Oh my gosh. No, I haven't seen that. I mean, I probably have at some point, but it might be time for an office refresher. I don't remember that one. So you went down and you... We're basically scouting out Thanksgiving for us, right? Isn't that why you went down? Yeah. So we went down. Dad is doing what 
your retirement. Yes, my dad is doing what retired people do and moving south. He's going to love that. Let's be honest. He's not listening. (laughs) Which he made very clear this weekend, by the way. But yeah, no, we went down there to... So our families are going to be vacationing down in Florida over Thanksgiving. And so Kevin and I did a scouting trip. I mean, we were there for like, I don't know, barely 24 hours. Like it was super fast. We did not get to do much, but at least we know how to do things like turn on the hot tub. Oh, sweet. So I do need to pack a bathing suit. (laughs) Yes, please. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Like that's really all I need to know. Like, is there a need for a bathing suit? Yeah, there's a, there's a little pool. They claim the water is like four minutes. I, I never saw it. I never saw the Gulf. They say it's there. We did not have time to go see it. Oh, but he did say. Is there a hook ring game? No. What? Mm, shame. Yeah, there's not that. We can bring one. We can install it. That is unacceptable. What's very exciting is the sofas are white linen. Crisp white linen. (laughs) Oh, dear gosh. So I'm really, I'm super excited about that. And like all things in Florida, the backyard is kind of enclosed with a screen. Like the pool is in the enclosed. Anyways, that seems to be like a thing. The bugs eat you up or something. I don't know. And I did. I was like, I'm going to need a preemptive quote on how much this big, huge screen, like like 30-foot tall screen is, because I can promise you a kid's going through it. If there's one thing that I know, it's that my children will ruin something. Mm-hmm. like And not on purpose, but you know, it's 10 o'clock and they're just going to wander out to a palm tree just to, you know, take an Instagram picture. And they just walk through the screen door. Did you know I got approval to bring Ruthie and Timmy? I'm being dead serious right now. Why would you bring them? Well, first of all, he did not give me approval. I badgered him with text messages, all of which he ignored. I would have as well. Finally, I got a sarcastic response. Fine, you can bring them. Anyways, Timmy and Ruthie will be there too. I don't know if that brings you joy or not. If Ty's not there, I don't care. Oh yeah, he's not coming. That's just the way that it goes. Yeah, he's not coming. And we're not going to start talking about dogs again because that just turns into too long of a conversation. It does. And this conversation has gone long enough and we have yet (laughs) to get into episode eight, the end of season one, Amy. I'm sad it's over. It's coming to an end, but I'm going to be honest. I'm done with season one and I'm ready to start talking about Finnan. We'll get there at some point, but before no, we like get there- in, like almost immediately we're going to get there. I mean, we are- I mean, I know but, we have to finish up. We got to finish up. Okay. Right. Okay. That's We've fine. got time. Yeah. And before we even get to the episode before we get to Finnan, we kind of need to go back over episode seven. What are some of the major points that we need to get to before we jump into episode eight, end of season one, Amy- let the mentee fly. Recap this for us. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Last episode was the one where we had Uhtred and Leifrich drawing the square, correct? I'm so, oh my gosh. Like at this point, seriously, it's make the square. I love Amy Haywood art. Do you? I do. Like it brings me joy. Does it though? It Can does. we get back? Can we get back just real quick? I don't even remember 
painting, this painting that you have that you keep referencing with the, what are you calling it? The iguana. The iguana. <laughs> Which you've nailed, by the way. I mean, I like now I can't even look at the thing. Dead on. Like I talk to it. <laughs> when I'm having troubles. Have you named it yet it. though? Uh, have you no. Named- I feel like his name is Andre. He looks like an Andre. Gosh, you're so weird. I have two things to point out from this. Look at the top right corner of that painting. Okay. Are you looking at that? Uh, No, I'm nowhere near it right now. I'm in the cave. I told you, no, that like there was a thing that you had sent. It was a picture of, you know, like the top right corner. What do you see? I see it. What do you see? It kind of looks like a moray eel. (laughs) Okay. You're not far off. It looks like a freaking shark. I'm just going to say it. You're talking about the dark part? No, the very top right corner. Can you see the two eyes? Like if you were looking dead into a shark's face, like if it was coming at you and do you see kind of the open (laughs) mouth at the bottom? Yes. Yeah. Anyways, back to our Florida trip. So dad saw a shark, like a really large one, like in knee deep water. I mean, this, and these are his words, not mine. So you, you know, cause he, he denies that the existence of sharks in the ocean, it became a thing. We're not going to get too much into it, but yeah, a huge, huge shark. Also, we, our next podcast, our next Netflix podcast, cause I think this is a Netflix show is going to be about the octopus teacher, my octopus teacher. Have you watched this? Oh my gosh. No, I can see all like he's right in the middle. Or I think it's a she. I don't know if they even know. Have you heard anything about this show? No. I can barely watch The Mandalorian, which is the only other show I watch. Okay. You need to watch My Octopus Teacher. It is this documentary on a guy who follows an octopus around in the shallows of some pool off the coast of South Africa. I have seen the previews for that. Yes. It is. The worst. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is why I don't like the water, Amy. (sighs) Yeah. I know that you're a little bit afraid of the water. A little bit? First of all, let it be known, I'm terrified. I have to make, like, I hear the Jaws soundtrack every single time I approach the ocean. So uh, I hear I'm the wake. You. I'm terrified. Yeah, I'm with you. But first of all, the octopus is an amazing creature. No, it's not. It's an alien. By the end of this, he is cradling it. They are, they literally become like the two best friends ever. Yeah. And then the alien takes over his body and then he then walks on the land and takes over the world. Actually, you know what? He does at one point walk on the land and you're in awe. You're like, oh how did that gosh, just happen? Amy, seriously. No, no, Jason, it's such beautiful. I don't know words anymore about, I, I keep making stuff up. Like, is it videography? Is it, I mean, the whole time you're watching. Cinematography? Like, Cinematography. I don't even know. You're going, how did this, how did he get this shot? Anyways, it's very good. And it's a very moving story. Do you know what else is a moving story? The Last Kingdom. Yeah. Okay. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to episode seven recap. We're reviewing Uchard and Leia Fritch. They draw the square. We meet the square. We meet Hilt and we love her. Oh, hold on. Freeze. Freeze. What the 
heck? That is like seven clicks. Seriously. I let it go last episode mostly because I was still dumbfounded. I don't know what you're talking about. The dog slash haunted house. <laughs> story like i, don't make I this blacked stuff out i this is next door people there is no t it is hilled h-i-l-d and i knew it was hilled the entire time really? that i listened to episode seven i said <sighs> why is she adding a t there is no t it's hilled i've known huh. it's hilled are you sure Yes, I okay. promise you. Well, can we at least agree that she looks like the stage version of Peter Pan? Yes. In the beginning. But we grow to love her. She we becomes will. a yes, big deal. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, she's already episode a big eight, deal. We, I'll say episode eight, we start to love her. Yes, yes. Okay. And then Alfred is saved by Uhtred again. I mean, come on now. We're in the marshlands. I, I did go back and watch that part. Everybody's confused by the marshlands. Nobody's really ever been there. Do you remember that? Leia Fritch? Yep. None of them. Yeah, they were all a little bit confused. So I guess that's somewhere they didn't typically hang out. I don't know what these people did. And then the baby uh, is sick. Uhtred. <laughs> no, that's back at the village. Right. That's what they did. And they didn't know what to do with themselves in the marshland. And then we've got Bayoka, who kind of, we weren't thrilled with him in that episode because he was kind of, or maybe that was that. I can't even remember. No, we, we didn't Jason. like him because he tries to take credit for all of Isolt's work in the Yeah, but I think he was just being a little bit, yeah, we talked about this. He was just being a little bit insecure about his faith. He kind of needed to calm down. Like, calm down, buddy. Okay, so we get to the end of that. The baby is saved and the gang and yang mud bath. And now Uhtred and Alfred are temporarily kind of the two best friends, at least they for are. right now. Absolutely. And that kind of leads us into episode eight. One defining battle. Yes. One defining battle is what we're looking ahead to. I think that... If you look at this episode, you talk about one defining battle, but really this is kind of like two totally different episodes because you start out back in the marshlands again. And I think yes. it would be best if we kind of look at them as two different episodes. So we're going to look at the first half of episode eight, and then we'll finish up with the second half. I'm all about extending this. We could make it into six episodes if you wanted to. We could. There's so much stuff that goes on. I see what you're saying. It is. It's kind of like the, I don't know how they did that, but it's because it's still an hour, but they did like the pre and then the, yeah. So we've, we'll divide it up. That's good. That's good. Like you said, so we start out in the marshlands and the first thing that I noticed right off the bat is just Alfred, now that Edward's okay. He just seems stronger. He seems so much more in charge. Like he goes to Aleswith and you can just like you can just tell that there's this leadership quality that he has. Don't you remember Leia Fritch calls this? He's like, if Edward, if the baby dies, it's gonna take the fight out of Edward. Like the baby cannot die. And the baby doesn't die. No, and it doesn't. And when it doesn't, you just see all of this strength that, that, as you said, that Alfred has, whether it's from Isolt giving him the tonic to make his body feel better. Oh and my now gosh. He, his family feels better. Drink the tonic. Yeah. <laughs> Stop fighting the tonic. <laughs> I would love some tonic, but just the tonic. That's all. Because <laughs> just the diet tonic. 
Right. With Just a splash like, of lime. But that's it. No, none of that yeah. stuff. <laughs> you also start to see Alfred really start to trust Uhtred. Uh, just because they're going into this battle part. And you can also see how Uhtred like kind of looks at Baoka like, hey, look what I've done. Like I have made my way in here with with Alfred and we are now the two best friends. Alfred and Uhtred are both a little, they're a little smug. They're a little bit like, yeah, we're awesome. We're kind of, we've you know, they're created, kind of eyeing, they're kind of eyeing others across the campfire or whatever. Well, I was going to say, at. like, we've come up with this fantastic plan and right. I know you're just getting here, but let us go ahead and let you know about yeah. all of this. Yeah, let us, let us explain our victory plan. Yeah. 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 So, and then we kind of get a little bit more insight on this guy, Wolf here, and he kind of questions like, why are you doing this? Why why are you so smug right now? Why is this going to work? And instantly you're like, all right, man, this dude is a little bit shady. Like there's something off about that guy. Okay. So I thought he was shady long before this. Don't you remember? This is the guy that made Uhtred grovel. Yes. And I didn't pick up on that because I was yeah. so focused on young Ada. And him taking away everything from Uhtred. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't really notice that until just now. <laughs> until, <laughs> until just now just when you said now. that, Amy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's been shady for a while. Catch up, Jason. Every episode we've had a couple. I can't say the guy's name, but every episode we've had a couple of hints. They've done some foreshadowing there with him that's going to be, we're not going to like this guy. But yeah, okay. So continue. Yeah. So then they go over their plan. And after it's all done, Utrecht goes over to Baoka and basically asks him to, hey, listen, brother Asser's here. And please, please, I've worked so hard. I have done so much stuff for him. I basically saved his family by saving Edward. Please remind Alfred that I'm someone that he can trust. Please just remind him of that. Because yeah. he thinks that Brother Asser is just going to make him forget all of the stuff. And he's going to just go right back to all of the stuff from Wessex. Yeah. Uhtred's being smart. He's doing a little pre-planning for the future. And this is where we we just, we are forever solidified with our love of Bielka. That is the one part that when I went back and watched it again, where I was like, this is the moment. Because you can see just fantastic acting of how much like he truly cares for Uhtred long before this very moment. Like he was talk talking about when he was a young, young kid and how proud his dad would be of him. And so that's just, this is it. This is the start. You know, whose dad is not proud of them. Oh, who? Mine. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Wait, were we just, did that just get awkward? I, I, <laughs> I thought that we were going to go into something else. And I will tell you this. I guarantee you that your dad is very proud of you. Maybe not so much of this. <laughs> don't, don't even start. Yeah. At one point, we're having this really long conversation. Uh, we've had, we had a lot of long conversations over our very short trip. Did and he black out? After your seven <laughs> minute and 30 seconds. No, I we tried. weren't even. Okay. No, no. This is the best part is okay. that I went out like I read 
like three different articles in Forbes magazine this month. And I was prepared for a conversation and somehow it got derailed and we started talking about us. And in the end, he said, it's the reason your car is always such a mess is because you're just a lazy person. And I don't know how that all came full circle. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that he meant it as harsh as it sounded, but Maybe there are some father wounds to discuss at a different time. I don't I don't know if this is the appropriate time. As your lifelong life coach, I need you to understand the following. Reading is for suckers. That's what you get for reading three Forbes articles. When no, actually you, they were riveting. All you really need to do is just prepare yourself for everything. Like, be a life learner. Don't be a Forbes that learner. Mean? That is so stupid. Like, I was reading Forbes in an attempt. It was about entrepreneurship and businesses, which I am trying to do. Uh, you're doing a fantastic job of it. But you also need to remember, too, that I feel like that I have prepared you for all of this. How quickly do we go off the rails on this podcast? You should be able to adapt to any conversation and when in doubt, when in doubt, Amy, just talk incessantly for six minutes. That's what I do. That's what I do. And then the next magazine I I pulled out was House Beautiful. Have you ever heard of that one? It's kind of a big deal. And I'm like, hey, dad, you see this right here? Do you see that cute girl who's my studio partner right there? Like, do you see her? Do you see that painting that's right behind her in her new collection? In House Beautiful, that's mine. He goes, that's cool. That's what he said to me. Amy, once again. Are we going to do therapy or not? Or are we moving on? Reading is for suckers. This is why we do a podcast. This isn't us just reading a book. This is just us interacting. But I Being able to think on the fly. No, I am a seminary student. Amy. I mean, I'm on temporary leave. (laughs) Look at how awesome I am. (laughs) You are on leave. (laughs) I am a mentor. I just don't like being called lazy. But I I mean, I haven't slept in 14 years. So I know we just need to move on. I don't mind being called lazy. In fact, I cherish it. I feel like it's one of my better traits is my laziness. It almost is the biggest insult that I could possibly receive. I mean, there's probably some that are worse. I was going to say, I think think of three or four that I would not want to be called other than lazy. How about this one? How about the next scene that we get to in The Last Kingdom where we move from the marshlands to back to our Viking friends and Ethelwald and Guthrum and Brita and Ragnar are celebrating their pirating victory, whatever they've done. And we are reminded of why we love Guthrum like we do. If you don't remember this scene, I'm going to be done with you right now. Oh, I, I remember it. This is one of my favorite scenes. Okay. What is Guthrum? As soon as he sees Ethelwald, Ethelwald's the drunk, should have been, but not really should have been king, right? Yeah. He comes and he walking tells him. in. What does Guthrum say? 
He asks him, tell me everything you know about Alfred. No, see, this is. He did say that. What What do you mean? That's exactly what he said. He does say that, but what does okay, he call Okay, so don't him? tell me no. Oh, he calls but him Ethelcard. But yeah, Ethelcod. that wasn't the point. <laughs> he calls him Ethelcard. Ethelcard. It's Ethelcard, like card. Ethelcard. Ethelcard. Oh, oh Ethelcard. my gosh. Hold, freeze. Ethelcard. No. It's Ethelcod because codfish go back to what you were talking about with Hild being Peter Pan. What is Peter Pan called Captain Hook? A codfish. That's how I knew that all of this was going to come full circle. Amy, this is why reading is the worst. Be able to pull all of your life's work into any conversation possible. Ethelcod, go. I think he said Ethelcard, but anyways, it's hysterical because his name is Ethelwald. But this is what Guthrum does all the time. And he starts drilling him with questions. And again, this is continuing to lead us down the path of we know that ultimately Guthrum is going to become a Christian and... Yeah, but that's histor- I'll that. say that's historical. So that's something that I know, you that's know what I'm going- saying. Yeah, right. Yeah. So absolutely. then they're they're comically playing into that piece in the beginning, and I thought that was pretty funny. But I do okay, think fine. that when we end up with the Ethel Wald or Ethel Cod, just listening to him try and talk his way out of all of this, this is where I actually started to like. Ethelwald because Okay, that's kind of funny that you say that because I kind of liked him a little bit too after that right. scene. Yeah. Because it's constantly like, hey, I totally think the Danes would win. Yeah. This is like and he he points out some of the things that he isn't great at. Like I wouldn't beat the Danes, but why would I beat the Danes? Because you're always it's gonna funny. win. Yeah. It's funny. He's playing both sides. They're setting him up to continue to be the fool that we know he is. Like he's just a goofball. But yes, that was a great scene. We meet another character. No, I was going to say, we do. We go to back to our new Marshland crew who is heading off to meet young Ada because Utra thinks that is absolutely imperative that they meet up with him because he has the biggest army. And as you said, they're going for this one big defining battle that they're trying to get to. But they realize along the way they meet this new character, Hagrid, Herrick. Wow. Oh my gosh. Ho- 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 what is happening? Ho- 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 I don't. Restart. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. We nobody's restart? re- nope. We restarting. No, Caleb, we're not, I have been so good to you for so long. Hold on. Thank you. Herrick. I don't even know what I'm doing here. What is that? Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. Is that your political pen? Um, that the answer is, is yes. Oh, the clicker. That's right. My pl- That's right. yeah, because I didn't give stickers for the voting. That's we all we got the clicker. We got right. a clicker, which Herig. again was so ironic. Herig. Did you just say Herig? Yes. Yeah. No. Wow. Not even better. So actually, in general, I thought it was Alec, but there's an H on the on the in the beginning, and it's Halleck. That doesn't sound right. I'm positive. So we meet him. And we don't really know. He kind of, I mean, he's not a necessarily poignant character when you meet him at first, but you don't have any idea that he actually, he, who he will become. And by season two, it'll, it'll be a big deal. But yeah, so we meet him on the road and we realize that the guy's name who I don't know how to say, I'm not even going to try, the weaselly guy, he's, he's taken off and he's with the Danes. 
Wolf here. Okay, I do know that one. Wolf here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's now with the Danes. And now what are we going to do? So now we end up at Uhtred's house where, I mean, all calamity has calamity. That's a fun word. Bodies are burned. Well, it wasn't fun. Well, it wasn't fun for them. I mean, yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, that was a that was a rough scene. That was a rough that was, scene. That was definitely rough. But I called it. Okay, so we're gonna skip through it as quickly as possible because it's we're about having fun here and this this part was not fun. Uhtred's son has died, but I'm just gonna say I've called this one back when we knew that all the witch crafting that was going to happen with Isolt and she had to save Edward, but another child would die. Like whatever all of that mess was about. I was like, oh, it's totally going to be Uhtred's son. Like totally going to be Uhtred's son. So I called that one. So we have a really hard scene where pretty much he, everybody from his, I mean, once again, poor Uhtred. Goodness, man. I mean, like, he, dude, loses, he's been through it. he loses everyone. And, yeah. and it's, and it's so hard to, as you said, watch the scene because this was his first Uhtred, son of Uhtred. Yeah. And yeah, it was rough. And we should just keep moving on or I'll cry. And I feel like I've already made this episode awkward enough. Well, that's pretty cry. much every episode, though, Amy. <laughs> like, this is not something that I'm not used to. So I'm able <laughs> to pivot, as some might say, in, in the biz. We need to pivot away from this scene and move on to the girlfriend. She has to make <laughs> Amy. Easel. Oh my gosh. Like it's so bad. Easelt is at the point now where she has first of all, she's taken blame for the fact that she has killed Uhtred's son. And Uhtred Well, no one accuses her of that. No. I but mean it's Uhtred totally tells her, fault. her. Yeah. Uhtred tells her like this is not your fault. But it totally yeah. was her fault. And we will both hold her accountable for that. Right. I mean, you come with the witchcraft. Yeah. I was gonna say, but that does bring me to a very important question. Hmm. If you had a gift such as Easelt, would you give it oh, away? Would you give that away? Ew. I don't even know what you're... Ew. I'm not even talking about... Ew. I'm just what saying, in general, would you give the no. gift of the sight in darkness, being able to see the future, would you give that away ever? I mean, what are we talking? Are we talking like biblical terms or are we talking... I'm just saying, I don't know hey, what we're talking about. I'm just saying she decided she no longer wanted to be able to see the future. However, that ended up being, which we will not discuss because this is not an explicit podcast. We fast forward through that scene. Would you give it up? The I mean, ability to see. Once again, no, I wouldn't. Unless, I mean, but again, I feel like this is a very surface question that I will not sleep over if I answer on a surface level. I like you know how what I'm saying? our podcast has become a fantastic therapy session for you. Oh my gosh. And this is what I'm here for. I am a great listener, an even better talker. I would not give up. I would not give away a gift that was bestowed upon me, but it would depend on the bestower. Is that the word? <laughs> I would like it to be noted because I was hoping that you would say that. Really? 
hoping you were ho- you, you were was- hoping for the word bestower. Nope. I was hoping for the fact that you would say you would not give it away. Oh. A gift that was bestowed upon you because I would like to hearken back. Yes, I use the word hearken as if my to name was what? Edgar Allan Poe. To when you were willing to give your firstborn child to <laughs> Caleb in order to edit this podcast. Those were rough times. Those were, Those were- <laughs> Those were hard times. We didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> we still don't. We we weren't paying our podcasting bill. <laughs> can, can we invite our sponsor to Florida for Thanksgiving? Are we talking about that yet? I don't uh, think we can talk about that yet. I don't think that's public knowledge. Let's hold on to that until Because it's the our next. season two sponsor. Because really... KHG Kevin Haywood Golf is still sponsoring season one. So, although he shot horribly in Florida this past weekend, but in to his defense, like he never even told me what the number was, so that you know it's bad. But in his defense, I did put my foot down and say we are not going to be there long enough for you to pack golf clubs. So he rented a pair of golf clubs and he's a lefty. So I don't know what that means in the golf world. That means a lot. I'm just going to tell you that I am packing my golf clubs and Kevin will pack his. Oh, I can promise you he will never not pack them again, but it didn't end well. And there were some under, under his breath comments. And I'm just glad I didn't have to run up the escalators carrying the golf clubs. So I still (laughs) stand by my decision. Do not bring the golf clubs. Anyways, he didn't do that well, but yes, we are looking for a new sponsor for next for next season. So we, we will found reveal one. that. Yeah, we're going to reveal that. At the beginning of season two. No, we're going to reveal it at part two of episode eight. Excellent. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's going to be the the prelude to the finale. All right, so let's wrap this thing up. All right, so a couple of things before we finish up, because like you said, we're going to finish up right at the halfway point. First of all, young Ada, we were both right about this. He's still the worst. Yeah, he's making, horrible. Yeah, making deals with Scorpa. Yeah, what's up with that? I was going to say, Elder Ada thought that he was going to do what was in the best interest for the family. Uh, False. Your kid is the worst. Yeah. I mean, the literal worst. Exactly. He. I mean, truly, he's making deals with the dude with the blood on his face. All the, Like, why is there always blood on Scorpa's face? What, what is he eating where we always have blood? It's disgusting. So he's making deals with him. Like young or elder Otter, his dad, is back at the- Otter. Whatever. He's back at the house and he's waiting. He's like, everything's going to be fine. When my son gets here, he's going to take care of everything. You're wrong, buddy. Exactly. He's not taking care of anything. But yes, so we both agree. Yeah, continue. If young Otter is the worst, brother Asser is the second worst. Because he is doing everything he can to try and undermine everything that Uhtred has done. But this is where our boy, Bioka, comes in and is back to being the best again. And is defending Uhtred in front of Alfred. Because it's just Alfred, Brother Asser, and Bioka. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, he comes up with the best line where... Baoka looks at Brother Asser and he talks about how Baoka is going to be Uhtred's soul because Uhtred is soulless. And he tells him, he's like, well, Brother Asser, I will follow him into battle. And with the help of your prayer 
I should probably be invincible. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. So yeah, that was a cool scene. So we kind of see a little bit of redemptive qualities and a few characters that we know we're going to love eventually, but they kind of disappoint us for a while. And then some characters that we already knew we were really not happy with at all and that they were the literal worst and needed to just go on already. And they just proved it. Yeah. And so we end up with Alfred sending out Asser and Halleck and Hild off to send word of that they need this big army. Yeah. They're going to have this one big battle. Yeah. And it's funny because Baoka tells them, hey, if you put your hand on your shoulder, it'll comfort them. It'll embolden them. It'll make them go off and do that. And he says that in front of Brother Asser. And he absolutely does that to Asser right in front of Baoka. And he's like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. I remember somebody said that. I didn't remember it was Baoka, but I I remembered somebody telling Alfred if you you should when you're sending off your men, if you touch their shoulder, it'll embolden. And then I remember he did that. And I I was thinking to myself, who said it? It was Baoka. Yeah, huh. It was okay. Baoka. Okay. This is like I said, this is where we start to really, really like Baoka because he's he's back to supporting what we think is is right. So yeah. Okay. Anyway, we have gotten to the point where Uhtred and Leofrich have arrived at young Otto's camp and they go in to give him word of what's going on with Alfred and young Otto once again proves that he's the worst and to elder Otto's credit, first of all, he recognizes that Alfred's there and then realizes, oh my gosh, this isn't going to end well. So he just basically kills his own son. Which I was okay with. When you say basically, you just mean he killed his son. Yes. I mean, that's the definition of basically. He killed his son. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. It just comes off like, I mean, you know, he kind of, but basically he just killed his son. Yes, he stabs his son and he kills him right there. A couple things about this. I was torn at this moment with whether or not Ada the elder was doing that only once he saw King Alfred and he wanted to stay in good standing with King Alfred or if once he realized King Alfred was still alive, he was doing it because he saw the corruption that was in his son. I still don't know what the answer to that is. Either way, he kills the son. I think it's funny that you because say that. Because of his because, loyalty. Right. And I, it's funny you say that because that was exactly what I was thinking too. Because you see him actually see Alfred and you can't really tell. Right. Is this because of the fact that he saw them or if he's truly loyal to the crown? So Right. I don't think we'll ever know, but it definitely makes for an excellent discussion point. I mean, it would be a defining character trait one way or the other. I mean, it's kind of, I, I don't know, but I do think it was an interesting scene played out. I don't really know what it meant. I think he was in his brain. He was thinking, I have to get rid of this evil. Not that I'm validating that. I'm just saying. I think I you're wrong. Know. I think he saw Alfred and was like, this is what I need to do in order to make sure that I stay in good standing. But I think that it can be debated either way. 
Well, this probably leads perfectly into villains and heroes as yes, we because if have this debate. <laughs> what we're not going to do is we are not going to talk about Mildred and Uhtred because if we never, ever talk about that scene again, I'm okay with that because watching that scene, I'm going to agree with you. Mildred is the worst. I love it that I have pulled you over to my vindictive ways hey. that don't have a lot of validity. However, I'm telling you from the beginning, she's not been my girl. I'm just not, I'm not feeling it there, but yeah, we will not even discuss that. We're going to jump into heroes and villains last week. Uh, once again, constant, you and I are in agreement. We both thought we were, that, I was gonna say, we both thought that easel was the hero and we basically couldn't come up with anyone. So we just basically said that the villains were the Danes, whether it was yeah. the whole army or some random person in a barn. That's, right. Doing horrible things. Either way, right. they were the Vikings were the bad guys. Okay. All right. So All right. So this week, once again, let's go ahead and get started. Amy, who is your villain of the week? Young Ada. Easy. Ooh. Easy. Excellent choice. Easy. Excellent choice. What about you? And you're wrong because it's Wolf here because that dude oh, yeah. was a terrible person and was working behind the scenes with the Danes the entire time. I probably did not choose that person because I can't remember his name, but you're right. He He's equally as scumbally as well, and young Ada. To be fair, this is just the first half of the episode. We haven't even really finished the episode yet. So up to this point, both of those are excellent villains. But to this point, I had a difficult time figuring out who my hero was going to be for this episode. I, know, I did too. <laughs> because there's just so much stuff stuff that's going on. And well, and I feel like you preemptively picked, what's his name? Because I can't say it. Wolf here? Yeah. You preemptively picked him. Maybe that would have been better for the second half. I mean, we know at this point that he's left, but that's the only thing we know, I think. I was going to say, and we'll get into the second part of the episode, and I still think that he's still going okay. to be only because of what happens in part two of the episode. But all that stuff aside, I think that I'm going to move on and pick my hero for the week. And I'll be interested to see... Because as I said, we don't ever say these things ahead of time. And I like I know, the fact the that we're not part. agreeing. Yeah. <laughs> we have agreed for like three episodes. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. But my hero for this week is going to be Alfred. Hmm. I think that Alfred has joined the Uhtred camp. And in doing so, has this confidence, this air of security, this air of royalty, I guess is probably the right word. And just seeing how he conducts himself and handles himself in this first part of the episode, he ends up being my hero for the first part of the episode for this, ep for this week. I think this is very telling of your personality. Okay. I do not think that he was a hero just because he finally decided to choose the right side. I don't know that that doesn't sit well with me. I'm not convinced of him. And you know that I'm going to eventually be an Alfred fan, but I'm not there yet. 
And I also hate to tell you <laughs> that my hero of this week, I'm actually a little bit ashamed, is Otta the Elder of this week. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm starting, That's fantastic. I'm starting to rethink that. <laughs> I don't know why I chose, now that I'm thinking about it. Don't change it. Don't change it because that says a lot about you. My beloved. That's true. The other says much about you. This says much about me. However, exactly. my beloved children, I will never stab you. <laughs> this isn't even funny. <laughs> now I've just gone to dark humor. Like if this- <laughs> you can just teach your children that, hey, listen, if you are falling down and you see that the that everything around you is crumbling, much like how your daughter saw that you were crumbling and they could just step over you (laughs) as you saw someone flailing on an escalator. That's what you should do. As the lines of the metal escalator are being embedded into my face, just move on, child. That I have Absolutely, because you. I think that says more about you and your family than anything else. <laughs> Amy, seriously, next week, season one, part two finale. Are we having guests? We have to have guests. But we I need to have guests. I know, and I didn't. We need to have like I, viewer choice awards. Can we oh, do that somehow? Yeah, I like I that. I feel like that's a great idea. Like viewers of... Like the podcast or viewers yeah. of the show? Like I feel like if you listen, that's the same thing as a viewer. Oh, like listener, oh, yeah. like okay. listener award. It, nobody says listener awards. They say viewers <laughs> choice awards. Listeners choice awards? No. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do think we should do that. I don't know that Netflix is going to be in touch with us over the next week. That's but crazier right. things have happened. I don't know. You never know. But if, if they don't, then we should probably just ask a couple people that- we're related to. Hey, when in doubt, find a good sponsor, make sure it stays in the family. Am Actually, I right? She needs to be one of them. We have to invite her. Absolutely. We and have to. And that, hold on, is going down on my list of things to do. Contact sponsor, make sure sponsor is included. And we might have to get them equipment or something. They might need I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this beyond two people. We're going to have to do some research and figure this out. But we will next week tune in because we're going to have guests. We're going to wrap this up. We are going to actually next week is hard. Next week is a mm, we shouldn't talk too much about it. There's a lot of gory things. There is a lot of gory things. And I'm not going to get into it because I can't handle that right now because I can barely get through the first part of this episode. Yeah. So if you would join us next week, when we realize that destiny is all and we will hear Jason cry like a little girl. That probably is true. Yeah. Because it's going to happen. Amy, as we have said each and every week, we always say destiny is all it's going to happen. Jason's going to cry. Destiny is all. Destiny is all. <laughs>